the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. Episode 30. Your company has come up with a bright idea. From now on, the announcement states, everyone will share the same task management software. It's sold as a win-win for everyone. But you realize that this is a problem. Your favorite task management software will now be a sideshow as you're forced to change your practices. Gone are some things you like to do using your software's features. Also, there will be some shared tasks that everyone can see. You're not sure if this is a good thing or bad, or what you should do about it. Tune into this episode to hear from me and my special guest, Renee Clear, as we solve this wicked problem together. Welcome to the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. And welcome back. And as you can see, I've brought on our special guest, Renee Clear. And just before I introduce Renee, I want to welcome you. If this is the first time that you've been actually logging into this particular podcast, it's a lot different from other podcasts. We don't quite interview people and ask them about books that they've read and that kind of thing. Instead, I invite folks on to come and help us solve a wicked problem, something that does, this, does not seem to have an easy solution, but something real. Kind of like real life, right? And the approach that we take is, I would say we, we, we follow Einstein because he said that if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and five minutes thinking about solutions. Albert, Albert said that. So we're going to spend a good amount of time trying to tear the problem apart before trying to address the solutions. And as we do so, what's a little bit different from this podcast is that we're trying to come up with something that is brand new that neither of us have ever thought of before. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. No, if we do, you're going to hear a bell. If we get to the end of the podcast, you may hear a buzzer, which means that time ran out and we weren't able to come up with any new brilliant insights that enough to be earth shaking, just at least something that, you know, that is a function of the two of us coming together, trying to solve the problem, putting our heads together, finding some new kind of solution. And going, yeah, we just discovered something that's kind of cool and something that's kind of new. All right. So, Simon, start with a story. Simon is a productivity enthusiast who enjoys being a high performer. One area that he's mastered is his personal task management. And he relies on a software called ABC to stay on top of hundreds of tasks at a time. But yesterday... He opened his email messages to find an announcement from the IT department. From now on, the company is strongly recommending that all employees change to a group-based task management software. He responds with an angry email to IT. You cannot be serious. A manager of IT actually calls him back, and he explains, It's only a recommendation. You're free to continue to use your ABC app. Simon says, thank you. But a month later, his boss, Kathy, calls him in. Simon, you're missing some key deliverables. In response to his very confused look, she asks him, aren't you checking your ABC inbox? Uh, don't use ABC, he explains. Well, by the end of their discussion, she gives him a look, which could be understood to mean, use it or else. Now what? 
So to help us solve this very wicked problem, which is running rampant, you may say, through corporate corporations all the way through the world, we have Renee Claire. And let me tell you about Renee. Renee is the productive wellness entrepreneur. That's, that's her moniker. She's a productivity consultant for small business owners in the wellness industry. She helps clients lighten their workloads so they have more time and energy to enlighten others. Her clients gain deep values of boundary setting and self-compassion through her fun approach to otherwise dull productivity tasks. Renee specializes in process, project, and change management, which often includes recruiting, training, automation, and time management. She lives in San Antonio, Texas with her fiancé and their four dogs. She works from home, travels often to her favorite state of California, loves us in karaoke, and is a big fan of chocolate and tea. Yay, chocolate! <laughs> Renee holds a Master's of Arts in Industrial and Organization Psychology, as well as a 200-hour yoga teacher certificate. And welcome, Renee. Hi, Francis. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Great. So... What do you think of the Simon situation this off, off the top of your head? It is classic. I've, I've seen it happen on many, many occasions. And does it matter if it's a large corporation or a small business? This is definitely something I keep seeing happening. And I am just kind of baffled by it being a, a marketing project manager. I, I'm not sure how to always handle the situation with, with grace and ease and guidance, you know? I, I, I suspect there that, that if anyone has ever been through a situation like this, they are feeling the same way because you kind of want it to work out peacefully. But it's not easy, is it? No. Oh, my gosh. No. No, it's not. And it's really hard um, being at the other end as a a messenger. I'm often the messenger like, hey, you're the one who carries the message. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I, I can tell you, I am met with all kinds of reactions and all kinds of personalities and preferences. And it tends to be an interesting game of, you know, push and pull, right? <laughs> all right, let's talk about that. Because if, if, if you're, if you're the person who's on the receiving end, like a Simon, you know, you're you're dealing with a power situation, right? You're you're dealing with an IT manager who has some power. Uh, at the same time, you're also wrestling with yourself on the inside, wondering, you know, what should I do? You know, because it's not as simple as just, you know, being a. I can't use that word, I guess. So being a jerk. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's not just a matter of resisting, resisting the the demand to conform. Right. You're also wondering if you're if you have any sensitivity and self-reflection, whether or not you're doing the right thing, right? Because you kind of doubt yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, and I think there comes a little bit of, of fear, you know, knowing that, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, other people are going to see what I'm doing. You know, there's or there's that piece that we love in corporations. We love the word transparency. But what does that really mean as an individual contributor, you know, um, and our you know, what if, what if we have someone in our lives that's a micromanager? What does that look like? What does that mean? What does that mean for our morale in the corporation? Right, right. So it's, it's easy, I think, to, to start off thinking that the corporation and IT are the enemy or the software is the enemy. Mm -hmm. um, but on reflection, you kind of wonder if the enemy is not 
inside of you. It's not your own resistance, not your own own ego. Because they, they, you know, the, the the group is asking you. You know, you're a player employee, and would you conform to what all the rest of us are doing, so that we can all benefit, right? It, it's yes. Old as like, this is what we're all doing, right? <laughs> sure, sure it is. Yeah, and then we all nod our heads and then go and talk amongst ourselves on on Slack. <laughs> Right, so we, we resist quietly, and and outwardly we, in this case, you know, he he was Simon was given a back door, and he took the back door, which is yeah. like, oh, it's a recommendation. So he said, oh, okay, that means therefore, but it comes with a problem, which is that there's a some discomfort that comes around because he said no, because he no because he's not using ABC. His tasks, the tasks that are being shared in the group aren't visible to him because he's not using it at all. So unless he's given the task in a meeting or via email, he's mm -hmm. not seeing the ones that are transferred within the software. Mm -hmm. um, so now he has a, a, a tangible problem of, of not being able to produce his deliverables. And then he has now all the, the new angst that goes with not being a contributor. That you know, He's a high performer, so he wants to, he's always been, he expects to, and no, he's not delivering, and he's starting to feel just a little bit of anxiety and doubt. Yeah, and and definitely that anger too, like that this new software is is contributing to this perceived failure, and that's a lot to take on when you're you know a type A or a go getter for sure. Mm -hmm. And you're on the wrong end of the stick, you know. Cause exactly, it's it's a if phenomenon. Everyone else is using it. Yeah, exactly. You're like the only one hanging out there, kind of like what? Are you kind of taking a stand? Uh, are you being super productive? You know, by the time all of the forces kind of land on towards poor Simon, uh, inside there is like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. This is right. if he's a little bit self-reflective. He could be just yeah. a jerk and just say, "I'm right here, wrong." <laughs> To fight this all the way to the breadline or something like that, right? Yes. Hire me if you must. <laughs> yeah, I will be defiant as possible. Yes, I try to look on the good side of people and be like, okay, well, what's the reason underneath this defiance? You know, what is the saying about you? <laughs> what are you internalizing yeah, I have to pull it is? That's the psychology person. Yeah. This is a, I have a right to, it's guaranteed. You start to, you know, start to go that route. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but, but yeah, there's just this internal turmoil of emotions and self-beliefs that are coming up for poor Simon, you know, as he's being faced with this dilemma and he's kind of caught in the crosshairs like, okay, IT saying it's okay, his manager, I mean, it's, it's okay if they, he doesn't use it, his manager's right. like, no. So, you know, what's what's going on at the higher level, you know, for the rest of the employees, you know, is everybody else on board? Right, and then. Well with his but but his boss if if he's in the game of I hate to say it, being a team player, but you know, that's probably what his boss said to him. You know, Simon, oh. it all comes down to whether or not you want to be a team player or not. So you let yes. me know. <laughs> Something like that, you know, and you're like you're like, I, I thought I always was a team player. <laughs> it's not sounding like a recommendation anymore. <laughs> it's it's it sounding like I'm I'm questioning your contribution and and 
your willingness to, you know, when, when in a company, when someone says you're not being a team player, you're in trouble. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's like, okay, am I on the verge of being written up? You know, do I need to start putting my things into a cardboard box? Something ugly is about to happen when you get that. Right? Is there a, yeah. is there a, I'm going to knock on the door and a guy with the, the security guy with a gun. Oh, no. Comes with badge. That. Yeah. With a badge. Yeah. Ask for your badge. Or you try to log in and you can't because they've changed the login without you knowing. And then there's a box, right? They, they, they always have that. You know, security guard brings that box for you and says, this is it, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. We could, <laughs> not... we could write a movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Layoffs I've seen and witnessed. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Do you know, you know Francis, I always wanted to write a book called uh, Life After Layoffs because I was laid off so many times. <laughs> but there is oh. life after layoffs. Yeah, I, you know, I, I remember I had a colleague who was laid off with a security guard with a gun with a box. Oh and, my gosh! You know, he was he really took it really hard. You know, yeah, he didn't see it coming, and he it took him it took him a while to recover. Yeah, but, you know, sh- short of getting to that point, you know, there, there there should be a way to resolve. I can't. This is so. This is like the this is for, for some of our our listeners. Listener, if you're you're you you're hearing this and you've never heard of it before. Consider this to be a heads up because there's going to be more of it. It's, yeah. it's If it's not, hasn't visited your company yet or you don't know what we're talking about, consider that it very well might. It might not be task management, but it could be some element of your productivity ecosystem that, you know, you and you may have even instigated it by gone off the, you know, gone off the edge and found some exotic thing. AI driven thing that no one understands or has even heard of. And you found it and it's sliced bread for you, latest thing. And then, you know, IT says, you're using what? And unless it's on your phone, you know, they may have a conversation with you about security. But anyway, the conflict is still, it's inherent whenever, whenever software choices are real. And the truth is, you know, there, there really should be a way to to attack this problem, even from mm-hmm. the way it's set up from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. That um, so we're trying to find a, a peaceful solution to this. Um, even from even looking back all the way to the when it was, you know, when it began. Thank you. Um, and, and as it was envisioned, as it was rolled out, um, there's probably a bunch of things that could be introduced to resolve the situation. Um, and and. So maybe it doesn't even get to this point. I don't know. We'll, we're about to find out. But let's 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 assume that this is not a problem that is going to go away just because um, software is getting better or anything like that. And the implications for people like Simon are very real. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can can we can we start with that? If if this doesn't get solved, he could be he could end up you know leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He could leave on his own. Maybe he gets mm-hmm. frustrated. He feels like a failure or management says, okay, you haven't proven yourself. You're delayed. You're not performing under performer now, or maybe they go on a performance approval plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it can even kind of grow out from there, right? Like it starts with the individual and then grows to the organization. So team members can be affected. The morale can suffer. Um mm-hmm. There's just a lot that goes with it when 
when there's not this sort of peaceful unity of, of adoption of a new software of any kind. But in this instance, you know, with the task management software. Yeah, as we know, task management software is the it's probably the one that you touch the most if you use if you use task management software, you're you're always managing tasks. Mm-hmm. So more than PowerPoint or Excel or Word or you know, it's right up there with email software, which is yes. something that you use all day. Um you really don't want to do without. And, you know, he could go down the route of what people typically do, which is I have a list there of, of options like surrender and resist. So you have people who pretend to surrender and what they're really doing is fighting it all the way down. Then you have the passive aggressives, right? So that's they're also pretending, but <laughs> they're not really using. They say, oh, sure, I'll use the software. And they, never, <laughs> and they don't even log in or open it. And they find other ways to work around it. And then there's the ones who say, I'm going to go to the CEO with this and complain. You know, there's people who just outright, outright say, I'm not using it. And that's the end. That's the end of it. I'm not going to ruin my productivity because you all like different software. No. Mm-hmm. So do any of those work? <laughs> not but i love the confidence that people have <laughs> some do believe yeah that'll kind of work out if they go that route go one of those routes yeah but, and then it it ends up costing the the company more money you know and then i i'm thinking back to my um master's degree days and one of my college courses where you know people felt like they weren't being compensated or they weren't happy they take things home like paper clips or staplers or paper <laughs> reams of paper to compensate themselves or help themselves feel better, you know? So I think it right. could be really costly to the organization as a whole. Just right. kind of keep going from there. And they start coming in late and taking sick days and start doing all these things that. Bingo. It, they don't really, they don't work, but no. you know, it, it, it exacerbates the problem because the, the, the root cause really isn't addressed. And sometimes IT could just come across like a sledgehammer. You know, they don't really, they're not there to really solve your psychological issue. They're, they're there to put in software. So they put in the software, so their job is done. Change management isn't a part of what they're interested in. It's not in their remit. So they, they just announce and move on. And they've moved on to 10 times other kinds of software. And, and here you are stuck up on the first one. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. You, yeah. You just, you just got used to using this other software and here's another one. You're like, ah, oh, is it ever going to end? <laughs> Probably yeah, not. In this. Because IT, <laughs> IT, you know, IT is like rolling stuff out. <laughs> That's, oh yeah, yeah, we're rolling it out. Is there any change management? Any what? Yeah. We, we sent an email to let everybody know. Yes. That's it. <laughs> That's the change management. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> We're changing. That's the change management. Yeah, <laughs> that makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't you read it? We're changing. <laughs> so Simon Simon doesn't really get any any assistance, and he his way of responding to it really doesn't work. And Mm-mm. the buy-in, the, the aspect of, of, you know, getting people to agree before announcing it or helping them to uh, uh, transition. Um, or and there's some leaders who will just you know people roll their eyes they just say whatever get used to it and they just keep moving on and that's what that's probably one reason why it will keep doing what it's doing without any I don't say repercussions but without any cushioning yes 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they're they're rolling it out and downloading the software for everybody, but then they don't see how it's really affecting humans, you know, and and what does that really look like? And some people are getting left in the dust and. I, I don't really see people relishing. I don't really see a lot of people really knowing what to do with it, even if they are using it every day. Like, I, I feel like people are just sitting in kind of this darkness, not really knowing or feeling confused, but they're they're trying their best to go along, you know? Right. I think part of the reason that this can kind of continue, because let's imagine that your organization says that we're going to use Slack for our task manager. <laughs> Bad idea, Right. Somebody has decided somewhere that, that that's what they're going to do. And they start rolling this out. And, and it, you know, you come across a group of people who actually know something about task management. And they say, this is a bad idea. Do you know that? And <laughs> IT says, huh? <laughs> oh, um, um, it was. It's already been decided. <laughs> Let us say, go conform. And no. it's really bad idea because part of it is that no one who is making the decision understands how task management works. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And they yes, keep making I... mistakes like this because I've heard, you know, especially in kind of medium sized companies where the people making the decisions have the power, but not the know-how. Yes. And yep. does that ring I've, a bell? I've, <laughs> I'm like, yes, I've, I've seen it quite a few times where management's like, yes, you know, get on board with this task management software. And then they come back to the communication software and they're like, you do this, you do this. And this is urgent and everything's urgent. And there's no, like, it's a, uh, it's so difficult to keep track of all the details and the pieces and understand a viable deadline when it's in a communication software, you know? Right. And you know, the fact is you, you you don't solve the problem by having people who are clueless make the decisions because they'll always make the same mistake. Yeah. It'll just be different software. Right. As you move along. They mean well. Um, I know they mean well. <laughs> and they may, they, actually, that's true. So they're not evil. They're not the, the, the villain of the story, but it's not because they're evil. It's because <laughs> yeah. they're just, they're just, you know, ignorance. slack for task management is a sign of cluelessness, right? It's just, you know, it's benign ignorance yes. at best, and, right? Yes. And and Francis, and you and I had talked about this word before because I, I hesitate using it because it gets such a bad rap, but we're really using ignorance and just the, they don't know, you know, they, they're not just right. not aware of what the, the best action to take. You know, there's never a correct action, but like the best one. And how to lead in that regard too, which is, which is huge, a huge part of being a manager and a leader. Right, right. But, but, you know, you can be a great leader traditionally in the analog world. So, and here along comes That's the digital, digital world. Um, I, there's a this distinction floating around, right, about analogs who are over the age of, like, 40. <laughs> I, I, I won't date you, okay? But digital, <laughs> digital natives, analog natives think that digital is an appendix to the analog world. Digital natives who are like supposed to be 35 and under. I am right, actually are supposed to well not supposed to. They've been brought up in a world of digital solutions. Yes. You know, Francis, I've, I've been 
I've been told that this is a unique thing about me. I'm actually at that junction between between analog and digital. So I understand both worlds and can help people transition, um, which is neat. I didn't really know that about myself, but um, you know, for those of you watching, I, I am much older than I look. <laughs> but but I appreciate my analog. <laughs> I really do. And digital digital peeps, they they well, move I, very, I, very I, quickly. Oh, um, right. They move very quickly, but I think they, they have they, pieces. Well, usually the best idea is to combine the best of the both. But if you have an, what's typical, you have an analog manager making decisions like, oh, I just started using Slack last week and so should you. <laughs> As opposed to digital natives who are like, I've been using Slack for five years and I stopped using it last year because it doesn't work for the following reasons, especially for task management. So they're way ahead of the game. And, you know, an analog who makes these decisions could screw up everyone's productivity. And not to say of upsetting, upsetting people because they just don't understand the, the inner workings. Yeah, um, the nuances. Yep. Right, right. And they, they, they think, just like you said, they think they're doing a good thing. And in fact, they are making, a, 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 making something worse. Yes. So you, you bring up a huge point to this. Like we're, we're looking at generational gaps and mm -hmm. in, in understanding we're looking at individual um preferences we're looking at you know groups and group psychology and and conformity and that kind of thing there's there's a lot going on in this like little teeny tiny question <laughs> right there is a but you know it's, it's also very personal because this isn't like changing your desk no you know, it's a lifestyle change yeah. Changing a desk could be annoying, but it, it this is this is this is changing something that is at the heart of like what you do every day. It's like at the the it's almost like the soul of your productivity is your task management. And here you here it is that something from outside of you that you don't have any power over is now messing with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's almost like saying, um, here's here's the deodorant you should be using. To use a physical, a physical analog equivalent that people could relate to, perhaps you know, it's like don't use any other kind except this, and you're like, what? No, no, because the choice of the choice of software that you're using is on a on a frequent basis like this is extremely, you know, we we could say it's a personal matter. It's mm -hmm. not just a matter of oh, you could teach yourself how to use this, right? Because mm -hmm. you might say that, for example. Um, like a new app, um, like what? Um, so I'm using, I picked up Duolingo the other day to learn Spanish. Oh, fun. And that thing is like magic. It's amazing, right? It is. It is, yes. So someone recommends that you use Duolingo and it's like, oh yeah, sure. Because it's an add-on. It's not essential or, or inherent to my work. Mm -hmm. And if I stop using it, it's like no big deal. And I pick it back up later. And it's not, it's not a, personal matter of using you know it's not i don't take that personally and if duolingo stops it's like oh well i'll find the next one right it probably won't be as cool as duolingo isn't as much fun <laughs> but i could make the switch <laughs> but when you tell me about my task management software and maybe my email software as well my ears perk up yes <laughs> Tell us, tell us, tell us some more about your laughing there. 
my gosh. It's true. I have so many people ask me, okay, Renee, you know, what task management software should I use? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's such a personal thing. And then I explain the ones that I've experienced and work with and the pros and cons of each. I explain the one that I love and the one that's, you know, that I really, really love that I'm not using right now. <laughs> um, and then the same thing, it's, you know, if, if you're watching this or listening to this, it's, it's, you know, usually Outlook versus Gmail, right? Or, or Apple, you know, versus uh, Outlook and, and Gmail now. And it's this interesting, like, like once you get into it, and I'm very partial to one of those. I'm trying not to say which ones I'm partial to. <laughs> I'm trying to remain unbiased here or unbiased here. But even still, like I, I have really good productivity when it comes to using one of those products and across the various products. And then if I am working with another client who prefers something else, it is it is this little like hump that we both have to bridge, you know, to work together and refine our productivity habits. So it is it's it's so it's such a personal personal thing, and, and that's it's almost two like people, a, you mean? Yes, and it's like right. the, like the Android fifty. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing, right? So you it could is. be the only person who wants to use your software in the group of fifty. Mm -hmm. I know what. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a social pressure to conform, perhaps, or you join a company and you realize, my God, they're using Slack for task management, and you're like, no. And then you learn that forty nine other people are in your department are are using it, and they're all looking at you like, what? Mm -hmm. You don't use Slack for task management, and then you realize that you've you've discovered something they haven't. Know your, so you need, you know, you need, this is, this is, if this doesn't happen to you folks, if you're listening to this, this episode, let's imagine that it actually will at some point. And let's, uh, we can, as we pivot over to the solutions. So we're moving from this world where it's just software. You can teach yourself. This is easy, which you might say is the old way of looking at things. So what we're proposing, I guess, is a new way, which is that this is kind of personal. And yes, it does have a group impact, but it it's it's a personal matter that has a group um, a group effect. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's not this easy easy problem that's just a matter of like a Duolingo or like playing playing a video game. And this 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 is this is not that. This is way more way more tricky. All right, so let's talk about some solutions. Ready to pivot? Let's go. Let's do it. Should All I stress? Right. That's, 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 that's limbo. Warm-up is over. It's time to like no start sprinting. So, so I had an idea. The first idea I had is, is at the at the point of consideration. So is is I don't even know how to do this exactly, but Simon could go to back to the source and say, so where did this decision come from? Mm. And he, if if it's if it's task if it's Slack for task management, for example, he may go back to the person who instigated it. Could be a vice president of something, and basically have a well, you know, kind of conversation where he tries to bring in the principles of task management and help the vice president to see that he or she is making a mistake. So what do you what do you think of that tactic as a kind of like he goes right back to the beginning? What do you think of that? 
I love it just because <laughs> it really does help us to gain buy-in if we understand why something's being done. However, oftentimes some leadership won't share their reasoning or they'll just say, because so-and-so told me to, you know, like someone else higher up. So it's like, how far can do you have to go to get the reasoning? Um, in smaller companies, you could probably get there, right? Um, and then, you know, it depends on the software. If it's something that, you know, it's like using a communication software for task management, or maybe they are recommending a new task management software that you're just not on board with, you know, that could be a fruitful discussion with the higher ups, like, hey, why don't you try this? But usually if you approach <laughs> from that end, it's like you're inviting yourself to be a part of it. Should they say yes, right? Oh, okay, how are you going to leave this project? Do you have time to take that on, you know? So those are some things that I can see potentially coming up in that conversation. Right. So it's it's kind of it could be risky for the average employee as they think about because not only do they are they dealing with the power differential, mm -hmm. the person who has the power to make the decision and you don't, but you also need to be able to explain how comes, and explaining how comes is that's that that, that could be for you super challenging because. You know, you you you'd have to go to some abstract reasoning to say why task management shouldn't and and Slack aren't aren't natural. You know, natural. I'm just using Slack to say because it's a popular, it's popular software for communicating. Um, you could say that other kinds of email or IM or WhatsApp or Apple messaging or direct messaging they're all equally equally not as good. So you'd have to go to some pretty abstract principles before explaining, you could explain at that level because you don't have a half an hour to draw diagrams and say a whole bunch of stuff, or send them a podcast and say, here, listen, you know, or send them a book. You know, I, I, I remember in high school, I tried sending a book a book to a teacher. It was called a book called um, Teacher, I think it was called Teacher Child and it was on teaching. <laughs> I read this book and said, I think this would help her. <laughs> I oh took God, the book to school. It How was that received? How did they receive that? Not very well. That's what I was worried about. But my parents were teachers, so they, they, they had books. So I read one of the books and said, she should read this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, it, is, it is an art to go back to your superior or their superiors and share your preferences and ask why and offer input. It's, Especially if you're like, if, you know, Simon was angry when he was replying back to IT. If you go and approach mm -hmm. it with anger, people mm -hmm. usually just shut down at that point. It could be setting up for failure. So, yeah, that's right. interesting. So maybe Simon would, would, would need to go back to, not go back to, sorry, before approaching the big, you know, the, the one who has the power and the decision mm -hmm. and do some practicing. Mm -hmm. Role practice playing. The message. Yeah, some role playing. <laughs> Find find some of his colleagues who you know I'm I'm getting ready to go talk to Mr. Big or Miss Big, and it's about their favorite software and using it for task management. And I just want to go through some principles and to, you know show them sort of why pick your pick your language carefully. Why that's old thinking. Why it doesn't work. Why it causes a problem. Sort of why. Um, <clears throat> and you know. Role play it to the point where it's ready for the road. What do you think? Yes, I'm a firm believer in role play. 
And, and if he, uh, let's let's imagine he doesn't get through. So he tries the role play method, and he never quite is able to put together a coherent kind of case. Okay. So he can't explain from first principles why it's a bad idea. Um, what should he try um, next? What should he try next? I would say come into kind of the one eighty, mm-hmm. understanding the current software's potential benefits whether it's communication or, you know, Slack or, or something else. So understanding, well, how could this work? How, how could this be a benefit for me and, and approach it in that way? What do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, so, so doing like a deep dive into how can I make this work? Yeah, and almost, it's kind of funny to say this, but almost getting your own buy-in, right? Usually, <laughs> usually we want our superiors to gain our buy-in, but sometimes we have to do it for ourselves. Like, well, how can I make this interesting and fun and usable for, for my purposes here? And almost like a game. Well, okay, I'm excelling here with my own task management right. software. I've got this new thing. How can I make this work now so I can keep excelling, right? <clears throat> I'm thinking about my overachievers on the line here. <laughs> right, right. Well, there's two, thi- two things I, th- I, th- I, th- I think you mentioned that I, I picked up on. So one is, one is using it to the point where you authentically start to find a way that it's useful. So using yes. it to the point where you, you're able to say, oh, okay, actually, if I do this and I do that and I do the other, it, it starts to work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're authentically finding finding. Uh, a, a path that you initially hadn't thought of. Um, and that may mean digging into the features. It may mean messing around with some of the options, changing the settings. You know, you might have to go into Zapier to find, maybe there's a way to just use this as a front end that sends all the tasks via Zapier into my regular task management software. So mm-hmm. I'm using it, but I'm not using it the way, you know, using all the features, I'm just using it as input. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe there's ways to, you know, use pieces of it or, and, and you actually be happy with the result at the end, because presumably Simon does want a good job and he, to do a good job. And he wants to know when his, his, um, colleagues have a task for him to do. And should he ask all 49 of them to leave, a, uh, the software ABC or the new software, and should they then use a different method to get the message to him. Should they then send it by email as, as opposed to as opposed to the new software? It's probably a little bit, you know, I, you know, it's a little bit special <laughs> to want everybody to change their behavior just to suit you. Yes. But, but with a, you know, maybe there's a way to get his have his cake and eat it too. So that's the there first thing I, I thought of. So that way you're authentically buying in. Yes, I think I think there could be. I've. I've actually experienced that as a project manager. It, okay. it gets tiresome for the manager, the project manager to do that, to do individual things. So just thinking on that side, you know, but, um, and then for the individual, I think it would, would might depend on the size of the organization too. You know, if mm-hmm. there's like just a couple of employees, sure, maybe they can have individual preferences, but if we're talking about a larger corporation or if mm-hmm. things are just super fast paced, I could easily see things getting missed, you know, even by the manager who's promising to send the separate emails or, or do something unique for Simon. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Simon very well could keep getting left in the dark depending on those 
unique circumstances of, of his team or the mm-hmm. work environment. Mm-hmm. So, so the intent there could be his, you could have a good intent and he may want it to work and he may find a way for it to work. So he, mm-hmm. he works it out on his own, you know, ordinary actions. But mm-hmm. how about this, this as another option, which is that he, you said it's like a game. Mm-hmm. I think this, I think the ethos of having it be like a game takes, puts some, brings some of the play back into it. So it's not like you're personally violating my space. It no, it no moves from it being an attack to it being a, a fun, challenging, entertaining uh, way of finding a solution. And you could play the game and win the way that you said, the way that the first way, which is that you make it work, you know, using whatever Zapier or whatever else. Right. Yeah. But you could also play it like a game and make it fail, right? Ooh, tell me about that. What do you think? What do you like? Thinking? You you decide to play it, play with it as much as you can. Okay. And you start to catalog the things you have to do manually, and the things mm-hmm. that it does not do that your old software used to have. Okay. Yes. So now you have in front of you a list of things that it used to do, and you now need to do. And you're looking at some costs. So, you know, you can say, hmm, based on 60 tasks a day that I'm managing, this is going to cost me about a half a minute per. So this is, we're looking at a 30-minute cost to use this particular software. It's, and it could be, there could be easily unintended consequences, like there are for a, a, a program like Slack, mm-hmm. is that it seems, you know, at small at small volumes of messages, it's cool. A small number of people, it's cool. It's a nice, it's a nice, cool way to message each other. But get up to fifty people, 100, 200. and the same problem that occurs with email, you now have in Slack, and you now start hating it the same way you hated. Not to not to rain on Slack's parade. It's just that any kind of instant messaging is not going to replace um, email once you get to high volumes. They're going to all kind of start going out or whack in the same way. So, yes. so he, in his good faith efforts, he could actually break the software in the sense that he could show that it's it's a worse by by virtue of playing with it, show that it's a wor- it's a it's a poor substitute. And then make a case from there that guess what? I'm I'm losing half an hour and I think everybody else is at half an hour times 50 people. And he does some math and he starts to put some dollars to it. And I he love says, that. <laughs> so he starts to say, you know, he starts to actually build a bottom line case that, you know, that Mr. or Miss, 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 Mr. or Miss Big made this decision. They didn't use any data or any underlying analysis to decide. It's because they kind of liked it. And they're now costing us $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Data speaks. Louder than words <laughs> to certain leaders in an organization, for sure. So I think your idea deserves a ding. A ding. <laughs> one of our dings. <laughs> Why? Because the idea of gamifying gamifying software until it breaks. By, by, and it's not the same as trying to break it. Because if you, if you enter it and you're trying to break it, right, someone is going to s- smell a rat. Like his boss is going to say, 
Hold on a minute. He's just trying to disprove that this thing is any good. So the way you enter it, that your frame of mind entering it needs to be one of play. Because if you bring no. bitterness and, you know, a sense of righteousness and, and you know, all the, all the different things that, you know, make people unbearable. If you bring all of that to the party, <laughs> you're not going to get very far, right? No. And, and, and in fact, it, it shuts down you know, pieces of our brain. So we can't be productive with or without the software. <laughs> so yes, it excellent point. Yeah, it shuts, it shuts yours down. It shuts theirs down, right? Because now everybody, now we're into like maybe open warfare where... Cold war. <laughs> you know, we're, yeah. and we're trying to use data to as our bullets to show that this damn thing is costing us dollars a year. And where did it come mm -hmm. from? A very yeah. upset person could, you know, jump on let's say the company's intranet and say, you know, can you believe it? This new software, they said that they wanted us to be productive and I calculated it's costing us $100,000. And, and whereas, the, you know, Simon could be right yeah, in, the, in the logical sense, but because he's not approaching it from a gamified, like a game, from a sense of play. Yeah. He, he loses everyone even before he starts. What does what, what that have you seen? Have you seen that in practice? Someone mm -hmm. take it, take it up. Not not the gamifying part because that's pretty rare. But someone being righteous and then <laughs> trying to get everyone to see their point of view. And the more they talk, okay. the more everybody hates them, which is yes. just shut up. Yes, it it creates a very toxic environment. Um, yes, I've experienced that quite a few times. And then, um, yeah, and it does. It shut down. It shuts down everybody. Everybody can't do their work. They need to take breaks. And, and then it's just not one day, it's several days, several weeks, and it just kind of permeates a culture. So it's, it's a shame when that happens. Um, but yes, and of course, I got play from, you know, thinking of counseling techniques, or even oh. myself, I'm like, um, okay. so one of the one of the things in, in counseling or psychology is if you are thinking from a place of curiosity or come at it from a place of play, it, it changes your outlook on things and you can kind of get yourself unstuck and move forward and, and see what's possible. So it's really kind of neat to do this like reframing, even when it comes to productivity practices. Um, so I, I love this idea and I'm, I'm glad we came to it together because I, I didn't think about the data collection part. So that was cool. That's a really cool piece. That's why we're here on the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast to come up with some new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we deserve that ding. <laughs> yes. How do, you, how do you coach or advise someone who, because they're not probably going to realize this on their own, right? They're, they're going to be hell-bent on not using this bad software and all of the, they have a sense of the cost that's going to, how do you advise them to bring a sense of play to it so that they don't destroy themselves and other people's productivity in in at the same time what would you say to them renee so say they're they're talking to you at lunch table um how would you engage them and they're angry and they, yeah. they're going to do something about this damn it <laughs> i'm saying hello simon will you share your french fries with me first of all <laughs> and then after that I, I might you know just be really curious because usually it, it, first, it's a good idea to figure out what's underneath the anger. 
And so, okay, I hear that you're angry, you know, um, what's underneath that? Well, I'm afraid of failure or change is really difficult for me, which is usually what I see no matter the generation, you know? Um, and so kind of like tapping into that and then figuring out from there, whatever that underlying thing is, like approaching that area from a place of play, like, okay, if it is change, how can you slowly, you know, move towards it? Like what's some one feature that you could look at and kind of look at it in a different light of curiosity or, or make it like fun. Or, you know, if you got one task, like somehow on that software, what would that feel like? Would that be a success to you? What would, what would success mean for you in like two weeks or so? Right. So, and I, I think, I think a lot of it has to deal with, I don't know. I, I do strongly feel that training of software, especially when it comes to task management, project management, which I know we'll talk about maybe one day soon. Um, mm-hmm. It's such a, it's such a personal thing. So I, I often feel that people should be trained as such, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. at different levels. And when you can work with someone and just say, these are the things I'm struggling with, you can untangle them. And, and task management software is really difficult to use because there's just so many features available. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say just again, just to start off slowly and kind of untangle that, the sadness, the anger, the frustration and start mm-hmm. there and just take it day by day, moment by moment. So on, on the outside, yeah. it may, it may look like, you know, this is task management coaching, but it's, it's, it's actually <laughs> closer to emotional, emotional coaching, therapy, support. It really is an emotional, it's an emotional shift that we're asking uh, Simon to make, isn't it? Yes, it is. I, I've worked with, with several people when there's a task management software rolled out and, and I hear them, they're like, Renee, I don't want to, I don't know why you're making me use this. And, <laughs> um, and, or I'm frustrated. I the, mm-hmm. usually the number one thing is, is I don't, I can't learn technology. I, I don't, I don't technology and I don't get along, you know, or I know you want me to use, <clears throat> no, you want me to use software instead of the paper. Yeah. Oh, yes. boy. Boy, boy. Yeah. And, and so that takes a, a different kind of training, right? And that's what I'm personally afraid where these things get rolled out and people sort of get lost because like you can do a group training and they're just listening to one person. But if you're like me, I'm thinking of 10,000 other things. I'm not paying attention to the person at the front, right? So I, I do wonder about people who get left out in the dust, not of their own fault, just because they're, they just learn in a different way. You know, they just need a little something different. Have you encountered that too? Francis? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and unfortunately, the companies. I think we're at the stage where companies are the old point of view, which is that this is easy to teach yourself. Yeah, it doesn't and, does not work. And if you can't teach yourself, we've got a whole <laughs> bunch of digital natives lined up outside the door willing to take your job. Yes, so if you can't you can't get with the program. Well, you know, we understand that maybe this isn't the right place for you. That can be the next conversation. And something about that doesn't sound, part of it isn't right, but it doesn't sound like the best decision, the best alternative. It's what you do when you're, you've run out of, question, of answers. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. And I, I don't agree with it. I, I believe a certain everything. lack of empathy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now I speak in my language. Yes, very much so. And I... It, it breaks my heart because certain people are afraid to share that they mm-hmm. they 
feel like they can't learn a new technology. So they shut down, they kind of do a little bit of Simon, I'm going to fight back, I'm just going to ignore and I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before you know it, they're sort of getting left behind because they're trying to cover up the fact, you know, this, what they're perceiving as a, a weakness, right? And I don't see mm-hmm. it as it is, I just see it as a learning opportunity, you know, and mm-hmm. a, a just different different kind but yeah that that self-learning that that works well for the new jennies i don't even know if that's a word i just made it up um Mm -hmm. rather than than people from you know as you say the analog uh gen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and people don't you know people who make these task management decisions software decisions for either the original decision or the it decision or the lack of change management they don't usually have to have tend to have a whole lot of IQ and not be trained in, you know, that at the bottom, bottom of it, we're saying this is a personal, emotional decision, a personal, emotional shift that you're being asked to make. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. It, it It's software and it's bits and bytes, but most of what we've talked about as we start to kind of wrap up is that it's uh i was gonna say transformation no 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 it's not it could be a transformation but the way it's normally phrased and ruled out is that it's it's just kind of announced and told yeah it's so callous you know a little bit calloused yeah it's kind of callous and then you know the thought is it's just software um it's just like duolingo you know you're using something else it's no longer available you know and, and you're supposed to kind of be all rational about your response. Yeah. And that's not fair either because it, it's, it's requiring you to learn a new habit and you're, you're right. It's tapping into very personal issues at any given moment, whether you're an overachiever, use something else, or you're, you feel like you're not good with technology. And so you're, you're hitting the nail on the head there, Francis, for sure. Yeah. And, and then if, if companies offered, offered staff a kind of a gamified way to approach it yeah incentives yeah yeah if it could if it could be if it could be all wrapped up in a you know where we're we're thinking even before the switch takes place really with where this conversation should take place it should say we're we're thinking of and we'd like for you to play with it and as you play with it figure out is, is there a large gap between what you're doing now and this and how can you make the gap if we ever decide to go that? So there's a you know there's a playful way to enter into the the whole change that could be brought about. But you know the management would have to initiate that in that case. Yes, yeah, and that that goes back to change management, where you know we really need um, our leadership to to figure out how they're going to approach it and roll it out over time, not overnight. And you know what, Francis, I, I wish companies would do more betas, you know, instead of just rolling it out and telling everybody, get like these small groups together and say, hey, what do you think? Try this out. Let us know what you mm-hmm. like, what you don't like. But mm-hmm. yeah, I love, I still, I love the idea of, of play and fun and um, just a little more lightheartedness. And, you know, if, if you have an issue here, let's get you the right, right kind of training. You know, you mm-hmm. can, sure, you can self-train or sure, you can go to a group training but some people might need one-to-one, you know, and that's okay mm-hmm. too. I don't feel like it should be a shameful thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
especially in these days, because nowadays, you know, if you're a tech, if you're a, a tech native, digital native, your your management is used to you picking up software and starting to use it right away. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I was younger, when you back in the nineties. <gasps> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> People I was young in the '90s too. I was young in the '90s too. We could we could both say that. <laughs> I I think you were maybe born and maybe in like high maybe high school maybe. I was in high school. <laughs> high school. Those of us who were in the working the working world already. So we had they had one day training courses in how to use Microsoft Word. They had like three. I remember courses. that. It was those you remember the that. Days. Yes. I love that's where I wanted to become a trainer. I wanted to be a corporate trainer back then. I, I just okay. loved it, you know. And it's you, like you sat in a yeah. classroom. And yeah. The person was up on a, you know, had a thing with a projection thing. And Projector. they were like, when you press this key, and everybody go, <laughs> and and now the assumption is that if you're not a digital native, then you you're you're the next best thing to it because you've taught you you, you know have those skills. I know we're not going to teach you anything. And oh, by the way, here's where you don't know the software that you need to use. And here's a help desk, but they have a yeah. help facility. And you don't even told that. You just said, yeah, there's some videos somewhere on YouTube. Good luck. Yeah. And you need to be using it because guess what? Everybody else is using it. But that's the, that's the, 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 the far extreme of, I think, the, the assumption today is that, sure, you can teach yourself anything, right? It's just software. Yeah. It's not. And I th- I think task management is an exception to that kind of Duolingo kind of writing that Duolingo, you know, use a different app as opposed to that one. There's millions of apps out there that do it. I think task management deserves some of the care, uh, the empathy, the um, consideration, Mm-hmm. That there's an emotional side to it, then there's a productivity side to it, and there's a technology side to it, and they're all coexisting together. <sighs> in a beautiful environment. Yes. And in, in, in a, in, when it comes to a task management choice, this is kind of this is kind of the hand that you're dealt with before you even try, start thinking about switching over. Yeah. How does that sound like a, a bit of a, a summary of sorts to what we're what we would recommend when people think about this i think i think it's perfect i have a a fun note to leave us off on if you'll Mm -hmm. allow yeah of course one of the first very first things when i'm training people um learn and and adapt to asana asana task management software there is a, a setting it's this little radio dial that you can toggle on to have a little bit more fun. So when you complete a task, you see these animals with unicorns that <laughs> <with little laughs> float across your screen. Or when you, yes. Or if you, if you say that you like a task, it, it does like many thumbs, it kind of sparkles out. And so, um, you know, of course I'm training people much older than me oftentimes, but they just, they get a kick out of it. So I, I want to encourage everybody to find that setting. If that's a software you use, um, message me or Francis <laughs> to show you how to turn it on. Maybe I should do a reel on that. But it's um, it's it's just so much fun. It brings the play back in, and and people can have a good time with it, right? So I wanted to share that bit. Actually, the the, the software, the task management software I use doesn't have, as far as I know, 
has no unicorns and no thumbs up and no there's no playful side no. As, that I've ever found. Like I could be wrong, but there's no playful side. Um, so that's a whole nother uh, conversation for us to have about the future of task management software because it's it just gets down to business and kind of it's an you know it's an engineer's dream, but the engineer who all engineers have feelings and why not that's kind of what we're saying you know yes think yeah. about that as you even design the software as you implement it and as you think about the changes that people people need to make. So, Ms. Renee, Claire, where can folks hear more about you and get to know you? And where can they get some of the goodies that you may have available to them? Yes, I have lots of goodies. So, first of all, come hang out with me on Instagram. Uh, my handle's at the Productive WP, the Productive Wellnesspreneur. And um, I love hanging out on there. That's my favorite social media place. And then you can also find me on my website, which is www. So they say nfws.renee-claire.com. And I have a beautiful time blocking guide and worksheet and a little video there that you can grab and then join my nifty email list as well. I've got some great masterclasses that I do once a quarter. So I'd love for you to come and, and join me and play, have fun with productivity. Great. And, and, and let, let me spell out the Renee Clear just so that they know that it's not the other Renee and it's not the other Clear. So, <laughs> and they're probably <laughs> yeah that's the problem i got it uh, www.renee-clair.com yes thank you great renee it's been great having you on and folks keep listening i'm going to tell you a little bit about the upcoming next episode that we have here at the task management and time blocking podcast keep listening Thank you, Francis. Bye, everybody. And on the next episode, I'll be doing a recap of all the prior episodes that have made up season one. Make sure to tune in. And if you want to leave a comment about this episode or any aspect of the work that we're doing here at the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, you can go over to www.replytofrancis.info and send me either a message uh, by text or send me a voice message, a voice note. And as you probably know, we have a couple of places that you can interact with other people, talk about this episode. One is at the community mightytaskers.scheduleu.org and you'll see the link in the show notes. And the other, of course, is our upcoming Task Management and Time Blocking Summit coming up in March. Two outstanding opportunities to interact with other people about the ideas that you've heard on this podcast or any of our episodes that are coming up. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing, I invite you to click on the Patreon link below to make a donation. And please don't forget to like our show and recommend it to others on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, or whatever past podcast, app, or service you're using. This is Francis Wade. I'm signing out. I hope to see you on a future episode. And until then, take care and all the best. See you later. <laughs>